This week on the Push for Legs podcast, we talk about PEDs, somatotypes, CrossFit, cluster sets, and bad fruit and veg. Oh, and I have new shoes. Alright, three, two, and one. I've got some new shoes, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the <laughs> Push Four Legs podcast with myself, Dan Meek. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bro? We're all good, mate. As we've established, I am sat here currently with 40% battery on my laptop. I've left my charger in the team box office, and currently we are living life on the edge. I know. You could go at any time, whatever, like mm. 40, 40%. Is it, could be like one of those things where it could be one of those things like with your phone where it says 40% and then you look at it in like just 10 minutes time and all of a sudden it's down at 12% you're like shit what am I going to do um, we're on 38% now so I'll, yeah. I'll, keep giving, <laughs> I'll keep giving a little time check every so uh, often just to make sure we're okay here basically because yeah, I'm so massive out. and I'm taking up the massive screen I'm just keep moving so obviously that's a waste battery right mm. let them keep doing it no yeah, <laughs> yeah don't do that so the brightness is all the way down uh, I'm squinting as I'm looking. I've closed all applications, and we're gonna mm. rattle through this podcast to make sure that we get it out to you guys. Because yeah. otherwise, so we're screwed. We're screwed. Well, we just wait a day usually, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, we'll hit. We'll hit but a to some people, Tom. To mm. some people, that would ruin their Wednesday. So let's so remember true. that. I know. Come I on. know. Some people like go to work and like listen to us on the way to work. Hats off to you, people. The, the Mate, people we're just like hit, we're just like hit, the Wednesday regular, morning. Like, we're like the regular sitcoms or like the regular, you know, soaps now. It's like everyone knows that it's that time, that day. <laughs> people, people, people listen to me. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's, what right. mums, that's what mums are <laughs> yeah. Mums great for that, actually. Absolutely yeah. fun. Um, all right. Shall we give a rundown of what's uh, going on today, basically? Um, so this episode today is brought to you by Natural Fitness Food. Um, we don't have a sponsor, but the guy who asked all the questions uh, basically owns this company so we'd love to be yeah, waiting for the check henry okay um yeah. nice and guy. also waiting for our check from the commission from all the protein bars he sells after our recommendation <laughs> absolutely fine but yeah basically he gave us a, a fuck ton of questions which is which is great i love we love questions so kind of sorts our episodes out for us and kind of gives mo- hateful hopefully if one person's thinking this then other people are thinking it then we can answer bit at once and also i'm going to give a massive apology to a, a chap called tim i think he has just joined the uh, facebook group but he asked me a question on instagram about a month ago and i'm gonna be honest totally fucking forgot i think i sent the picture to dan like screenshot it and i was and i panicked basically and i was like fuck because i'm so nice i was like have i have i even answered this question because i was like i'm looking through the thing i was like yeah i'll answer it on the pod dude yeah, just listen out so today i'll answer well dan will answer it because it's He's probably training. he's probably stopped listening now. Yeah, he's probably thought he's probably thought these guys are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking questions. He's not answering my question. He's just piling me off. Absolutely fine. It's, but and it's your fault, Tom. You yeah. make me look bad. If you're still there, Tim, um, this one's for you, mate. Um, we'll be going through there, and then uh, we got some. If we, if we have to talk about cluster sets, I will talk about cluster sets, maybe for two seconds, um, just because um, I post put a post out on Instagram about it I've actually just ad hoc put them in my program because I was like yeah fuck it I haven't done cluster sets for a while and not many people knew who they, what I was doing um, in the gym so it, hence why I filmed it and yeah they were good 
And I've read some research about them as well, so hence why I've just put them back in. It's usually what happens to my program. Oh, I just read some cool research, put them in, blam. Current, mm. evidence-based. All right, um, and we've got some stupid things. We're going to get some live down reactions because um, I was sitting there, whilst I was also reading evidence paper, evidence-based like research papers, um, I also dabble in women's health because it's always fun. Um, and I can mm. just I can sit there at work if I've got like a spare thirty minutes. It is it is have a coffee, just just flick through, just learn how to get some abs and learn what literally food. comedy gold. Like it is just an absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, basically I got what basically the, this episode. Well, the last one was telling me this the chick one one of the chicks from Maiden Chelsea was telling me how to get abs. So mm. yeah. To be fair, mate, she's got abs and you ain't, so... I mean, we've all got abs, Dan. Definitely got abs. They're there, but there's a thick, uh, well, there's a well, thick have, layer of I think, fat between I, them. I think to say to categorically <laughs> say that, it's like Schrodinger's cat. It's like, uh, well... Yeah, yeah, okay. Is and, it, and, or is it there until... To the box, we don't actually know, Tom. So, technically, I don't know if you do have abs. You they're, say that, they're there. but, I mean, I can say that I've got abs... No. That, well, I can say that I've, well, I've seen them we've seen them you've seen them our listeners have seen them but just going to put it out there Tom Tom's abs are them. like Schrodinger's cat <laughs> they have existed before sorry when I was pre-teens um, yeah so let's 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 crack on so Mr. Henry Mr. Natural Fitness Food um, interesting that he says natural fitness food after the question he asked it's quite funny is he? You'll drop it in a minute. You'll oh, think about it in a minute when right. you say the question. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. You asked for topics to discuss in the next pod. Allowing drugs to be used in non-combat sports. Cycling 100 right, yeah. metres, weightlifting. Have you got the joke yet? Yeah, I'm just carrying on like it wasn't there. So it's really fine. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> to see... Uh, I'll, I'll start again. Fucking destructive my flow. Um, allowing drugs to be used in non-combat sports. Cycling 100 metres, weightlifting, etc. To see what the body is capable of, <laughs> came to me after listening to the pod about an NFL player who caught, um, who got caught after having a Mexican meat incident. That's a long time ago. We talked about that. Fucking hell. Um, hats off to you, Henry. Backdating yourself. Um, personally, I like the idea of seeing just how fast people or heavier human could lift something, uh, but against them completely, but against them completely in combat and physical sports. Interesting. Um, what are our views on that, then? I mean, that's that's um, just more. That's not very. Uh, <laughs> I guess PC, politically correct. But what well, are, we can do a this, serious this, answer. This, this may be this may be a controversial answer, but I would suggest that to some degree we're already seeing that. Yes. Um, I don't believe for one second that any sports are 100 percent clean. Um, but, but, but. I understand the question, and I think that it would be more exciting potentially to see the realms at, wh- at what is possible. So let's say people are getting away with maybe you know using ten percent of some sorts of PEDs or performance enhancing drugs, then they're getting that small benefit. And you know who's to say that if they had you know ten hundred times the amount that they could potentially be unbelievable. Um, I do think that I think it's very much. Um, Almost in like body in the bodybuilding sense, in that I think if you had a tested federation and an untested federation, you would then have that naturally occur. You would have people who would take drugs to compete at the highest level and those that don't. Now, I think personally, over the years, it will become more 
common at some point in time simply because when you just take bodybuilding as an example, there's a reason that the um, biggest bodybuilding shows in the world are watched by hundreds of thousands of people and why the natural shows aren't watched by that many people is that people love the freakish nature of pushing the body to its limits. Um, and, I, and I'm, I'm, on, I'm more on that side than the other. I think I would love to see it. I don't think in sports like football, um, cricket, baseball, I don't think it really makes a huge difference, basketball. Um, I think that in sports like you mentioned where it's just pure physical attributes getting you from A to B, uh, I think it would be, yeah, I think it would be quite exciting to have like a, a drug Olympics. It would um, be, yeah, just to see how, I mean, cycling, <laughs> um, I'm sure, I, th- I think they're fairly well known for pushing the boundaries of drug use in yeah. cycling. Um, just because some of the stuff that they do anyway, even if they're not on drugs, like is absolutely barbaric. Like some of the wattage and power outputs that these guys put out, mm. it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Give you an idea. It was like my like three minute test on a watt bike. If anybody's done one, is is sits around um, like four hundred plus, and these guys can happily sit at my three minute test, and I'm a flat out the floor, and they they'll sit there for forty five minutes. Yeah, like these elite guys, and I'm just like, and and just to put that just to put that into context for someone who doesn't cycle at all, like myself, <laughs> 400, it would never, I would never achieve it. I would be sitting right. around 200 if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky. Yeah. So you've got to remember, Tom has a pretty decent level of conditioning. He does it regularly to get that. So it is, um, it is a lot, and it's. I just think, I mean, I mean, again, how ethical it is to push those boundaries. See, I think see, the thing, the thing where... is, if the, if they start to push the boundaries, that the the, um, the nature of it is the fact that we're going to also see more hospitalised and deaths yeah, in sport, is, which is the, the is flip a, side yeah. of it. Yeah, you would definitely see more people pushing the boundaries and pushing the the limits of human potential so they would potentially die more um <laughs> which is a really think, like sick note to say basically well, people would they, die they more. would they, they, <laughs> no, they would but but not only that but then at the sub elite level you would get people doing the same thing you would also get at amateur level because they just copy what the the elite are doing so much like uh, we talked about supplements before right we've talked about um we talked about you know some professional athletes use supplements and they work for them and that if you, the general public use them, they just wouldn't work. It's kind of the same thing, is that would you then get an effect whereby a lot of people, so like, you know, cyclists would, you know, let's say EPO was 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 legalized in sport, would you then get amateur cyclists taking it and all of a sudden they just don't know how to cope with it because these guys have got doctors checking their bloods every hour, on the hour, all this sort of stuff that they do to make sure they're healthy and they know what to do if something goes wrong. And then you've got the amateur guy who, you know, goes to see his GP once a year, starts taking EPO, used to say he doesn't know how to handle it any side effects so they're the other they're the issues that i mean you know they're the reasons that i think it probably would never ever happen um but like i said i do i do believe that you are kind of seeing it to a degree and i think the reason it maybe is sometimes ushered under the carpet and not really glamorized and it is put in the media as a dangerous thing and don't do it is because i don't think they want people copying it potentially who's to say again i have no idea but there's a lot of people out there who are kind of suggesting that maybe these governing bodies turn a blind eye to some things. Um, so, like, for example, Russia got found out, right, in their mass kind of doping thing. How long was that going on for? 
potentially, but also how many people maybe knew about it and just never really did anything because, again, it was pushing the boundaries. And we'll, we'll obviously never know, and I'm not saying that they did or they didn't. I'm just questioning um, the whole process of with Lance Armstrong. How many people maybe knew before it got to that point where like you had one or two whistleblowers? For every one or two whistleblowers, who's to say there wasn't 50 people who just kept their mouth shut? Um, so I think it's I think it's a really interesting topic and debate, and I think we will never have it happen. It will never happen, just from a purely legal point of view and how it affects the populations in in those sports. Um, but I think that, like I said, it's certainly interesting to to think about what we may already be seeing. Yeah, essentially. So, basically, I think yeah, there's probably quite a few people at the top of the game that maybe are on it um we don't know and there's probably also quite a few that aren't like aren't, but, and they're, they're fair basically yeah. but yeah. It, it just it's you know you'll never know will you but it's and, and like they've always said with the lance armstrong documentaries and stuff is that the the people taking it will always be one step ahead of the testers like that's just the inevitability of, of what happens with, with that science but um one documentary to go and watch which is really interesting is um bigger stronger faster if you've not seen it it's on netflix um and it follows like the the steroid culture in America and, and kind of when it boomed and um, really interesting documentary actually about the two sides of it and actually how maybe you know if it's done properly it's not as bad as maybe it's it's, it's that made out to be. Documentary with Louis Simmons. Yes, Louis Simmons is in it. You've yeah. got uh, Mark Bell, the guy who came up with the um, the bench press. Is it slingshot? Is it called? Okay, the slingshot. Yeah, yeah. The guy that designed that. Um, the Bell brothers. They're the ones, kind of the main ones that are in it. Um, yeah, so Louis, you know, they Louis go to the gym and stuff. Yeah. yeah, Louis Simmons's dream is what's it called again? West Side Barbell. West Side Barbell, of course. Thank you, it was escaping me. But yeah, that was really that kind of. Uh, I know I was talking to one of my buddies, Will, about that. As soon as he kind of <laughs> when Louis Simmons came on, it was like the people training at West Side. It was like, yeah, they're on gear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, how yeah. the fuck would they keep up with everybody else? Like. No. Yeah. Yeah, he was so open about it. And, and that's it, what always fascinates me is is the fact yeah. that these people are so open and they and they yeah. say like, Well yeah, of course they are. How could they keep up with these people if they didn't? And yeah. then the people that they're talking about go, No, 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 I'm not on anything. And yeah. like you kinda of go, Okay, well hang on a minute, you got one well, guy. Somebody's here saying, saying something. <laughs> yeah, You're like, like, somebody's lying here and this guy's saying that he's taking drugs that are, you know, a, a banned and you're telling me you're not, but he's saying that these guys have got to keep up with you. And yeah, so it, it's, it's, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, it will never get, it'll never be spoken about or publicized because it's it's illegal in, in most places to kind of be yeah. doing a lot of that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's, um, I mean, look, for most people, um, it's never going to be an option, never going to be worthwhile, never going to be even, even thought about. Um, you know, you've got to really reach your genetic potential before it even becomes useful to anyone. There's no point, you know, you see, you see plenty of guys around who, who do it and you're like, mate, you should have just started learning to train properly first <laughs> before you started. Um, so yeah, you know, it's one of those where I think at the, at the top end, when you've got so much medical supervision and stuff like that, I, like I said, I think... I think we're seeing elements of it already. Yeah, and then yeah, I completely agree. It shouldn't be in like combat sports or anything like that. No, you know, like, that would just be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you get like Ivan, like, like Ivan Drago, uh, Drago in Rocky. <laughs> like, yeah, no. That'd be absolutely mental. So yeah, yeah, 
I totally agree. It's just, yeah, <laughs> mauling people isn't what we're about, right? Um, yeah. So no, question number two. I think we covered that enough. Um, but yes, I'd love to see it, but it's kind of like freak show mentality, basically. Um, yeah. Using ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorphs as a way of determining somebody's nutrition. Is it beneficial or a tool that can be used? I think that's more you, Daniel. Um, well, do you, do you want to have a stab, Tom, or no? Well, I, I can know. have a stab at if I, if, uh, on a, a training standpoint. Uh, all right, well, I'll do the nutrition first. So <laughs> um, basically, when you look at those three um, body types, now people will say that they have certain characteristics of which you should assess them based on that somatotype and that you should then have different um, nutritional needs or you should have different prescriptions of, and all that sort of stuff. Now, when I look at those people, I simply look at someone who's an ectomorph and go high energy output, high levels of NEAT, um, probably eats a fair amount of food or should eat a fair amount of food but doesn't. That's why they're an ectomorph and why they're quite skinny. Um, and when you look at and probably probably geared more towards more endurance-based sports, potentially. Um, and then you look at an endomorph and you go, right, probably someone who doesn't move around a lot, uh, doesn't have really the high energy levels and probably eats too much food for that. Um, and it, it's more a case of looking at their their calorie output. I would guess an, an, an ectomorph would probably have a calorie output nearer 3,000 and an endomorph would probably have a calorie output near 1,500. But if they both eat the same amount of food, one of them is going to lose a lot of muscle mass and look very skinny. And one of them is going to gain a lot of fat and look very chunky. Um, and then in the middle, you have a mesomorph, which is someone who's just probably genetically blessed with good muscle definition, good muscle tone, and a good general physique. So a lot of fitness models, um, a lot of bodybuilders are born. They're not really made, in my opinion. I think if you look at someone like Phil Heath, um, he has got the best supplement help in the world that he can take obviously, um, as we just discussed. But he also has a great work ethic and a great training ethic. Of course he does. But I could have the same work ethic, training ethic, and supplement stack and be nowhere near as good as him. It's his body. It's his type. It's how he looks. Um, you know, Some people are just born to look a certain way, and they're born to have muscles, and they're the mesomorphs, and they have great parents. Um, and it is just simply a fact of, again, the mesomorph probably is sporty, competitive, um, and probably doesn't have to care too much about what they eat because they, um, they again, have a high energy output. They probably do a sport that requires them to have some kind of resistance. So rugby, basketball, American football, that kind of thing. So they have to be a bit bigger. Probably get into weight training when they're younger because of that sport they played. Um, so you can see those characteristics aren't really def aren't really going to make me go, oh, that's why you know their body shape is is the reason that i'm going to prescribe these nutritional things it's more to do with their activity level i can just tell that by looking at someone usually usually um ectomorphs tend to have a really poor appetite they don't really eat all that much food they don't really get hungry very often endomorphs maybe get you know hungrier quicker or they think more about food or whatever but that's the generalization can't you can't look at someone and say that you it's just a generalization that occurs and that's generally just because of their lifestyle um, and that's the way they are. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, and, and by the way, no like DNA testing kits can tell you what you should or shouldn't be training. I've seen them advertised. Um, take this swab and we can tell you what genes you have and whether you should be yeah, doing endurance-based like, or, you know, or strength-based. A, a, uh, a trainer at uh, um, work has done one of these, and I've actually written him uh, 
kind of six, I must have written in about 16 weeks of training and all his lifts are up and blah 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 but he's gone to this and gone oh but actually I'm going to be doing this like or like could to get his like perfect rep range of some sort and I was like I was like, what are you on about? I was like, maybe, yeah, I haven't hit you. I was like, he's, he's, he's all his lifts have come up, leaps and bounds. He's gotten bigger. He's put on weight, exactly what he's trying yeah. to do. And I was like, all right, that's fine. But if you want to get, yeah, follow mm. that. That's absolutely fine. Stay within the eight to like, yeah, like eight or it's, nine reps is your perfect weight. I was like, great. It's just, okay. it's just ridiculous. <laughs> and, and, and the other thing on and on that as well. So on the whole ectomorph, mesomorph thing. So the other thing is ectomorphs tend to be a lot taller. They have larger bones, and they have just they have more mm. more. Um, they have, like I said, the same amount of muscle, but spread over a larger skeleton essentially. So if you have an endomorph who's five foot eight, and you have an ectomorph who's six foot two, um, and you work with both of them, and you, they both gain a kilo of muscle, the endomorph may potentially look at their body and go, "Oh, I can see that I put on on my chest and my shoulders." The ectomorph maybe will not, because they put on the same amount of muscle, but because it's spread over such a larger area, it's not as obvious to see now. To put it into into real world context, I have a client who is a who is an ectomorphic shape. He's tall and thin, um, and he's currently trying to gain size. and He's eating four thousand six hundred calories a day. That's not because he's an ectomorph. That's because he does twenty odd thousand steps a day. He works in a factory, sh- shifting heavy things around all day every day. So his calorie requirements are that high. And he, on those numbers now, he is getting to the point where he's like, right, I'm, I'm actually hungry. I'm not too full. And likewise, I have an endomorph who sits at a desk all day. He's actually more of a mesomorph now, but he wasn't. Um, who sits at a desk all day does about three thousand steps a day, similar to me now, um, and it only requires one thousand six hundred calories to maintain his body weight. Like it's nothing to do with their body shape. It's just to do with the fact that they they sit at a desk all day and don't do anything, and this other guy moves around all day and shifts heavy yeah. boxes. Um, that's that's all it is. So There's in, in summary, to... not really. No. Yeah. In summary, <laughs> it's um, as we've said before. It's more down to their neat, their calorie expenditure, or anything like that. In terms of training wise, I think you started to allude it to it there when you were describing in terms of ectomorph being taller and have basically larger bones or whatever. You mm-hmm. you uh, mechanically you'd look if you were going to train somebody, you'd look at their lifts a little bit differently, just because maybe in terms of maybe femur length or whatever's going on there, yeah. usually an ectomorph would have. Usually, an ectomorph would have a longer femur, because, so therefore squatting to depth or etc. could be a tough thing for them to do. And mm. you might they might send you a video of their squat, and you're like, actually, that looks crap. It's like, well, maybe their hips not built like that, um, and they literally haven't got enough yeah. room for their femur to sit back in where their pelvis is sitting. So <laughs> don't mm. get blacked on about some. That's why I think we've said it before. When like tall people generally squat or anything like that, it's, it's it should be a little bit harder. Um, which it's yeah. basically you got longer to go. And it's, it's, and it, the doesn't, it doesn't are look as pretty. No, like, it just like, doesn't look as good. <laughs> perfectly right. Like when I squat heavy, I think it looks ridiculous. So well, I just kind of hinge in the middle and bounce out. So I just think it's, it's a it's, little bit odd. But like I had I, again, I had a client who came, you know came to me and and he had lower back pain, lower back problem. Tall guy, six foot six. Uh, and I was just like, well, why is that? And he's like, oh, well, you know, my old coach had me on squatting and deadlifts three times a week. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Um, and, you know, I was like, no wonder, he, you know, he's got a lower back problem. So, again, it's little things like going, right, well, you're going to do Bulgarian split squats. Like, if you're not trying to be a powerlifter, you don't have to squat. Yeah. You don't have to back squat. Like, it's just irrelevant. He just wanted to look better. He just wanted to be better and, and feel better. And I was like, right, well, 
you're going to do single leg Bulgarian split squats. You're going to do um, stiff leg deadlifts. There's no point you're going all the way to the floor. Like you're just going to potentially hurt yourself. You're going to go from blocks, like all these little things. And I was like, look, if you look at your position on a deadlift with you because of your femur length and your arm length, your deadlift is a lot different to someone who's shorter. So to make it the same movement, we have to bring it up onto blocks and make it mm. better for you. There's a reason that a lot of the uh, the strongest people, uh, you know, in powerlifting and stuff, aren't tall. Like the most of them are short. And again, when you come to deadlift, you have mm. less distance to move the bar. Like, so there's actually, if if you want to go look it up, there's actually a correlation in um, in terms of weight. So in terms of weight and what people pull in terms of sumo deadlifting over to conventional as they go up through the weight categories and as you are basically smaller have less muscle mass but over a spread amount of distance you are more likely to pull sumo as you go up through the ranks you are more likely to pull conventional so basically because they can get down there and they can sit in that kind of position it's go look it up there's there's an actual like linear basically correlation Mm. of weight to like kind of sumo to whatever conventional deadlifts it's really, it's really science, interesting. That's where science becomes helpful. Yeah, exactly. So I sit like right in the middle of the weight zone. So I'm kind of 50-50 on the 83 mm-hmm. kilos. So I think people generally still pull a little bit more sumo-y at my weight. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really mm. interesting. But still, there's a, there's, a big, there's a big kind of influx of sumo deadlifting, which is great. I like it. Well, we're like semi sumo. Yeah, you're pulling conventionally. Yeah, no, you're pulling conventionally at the moment. Aren't you? So I, I am at the moment, just yeah, yeah just because I yeah. feel a bit better with it. But I think the closing comment mm-hmm. as well on that would be that remember what I said about ectomorphs and if you or bigger, taller, skinnier people putting on the same amount of muscle mass as a smaller person is it looks more difficult because it doesn't go on yeah. and it doesn't look like it's, it's it's gone on in the right area or something. So taller people, again, I know Henry's taller and i know that maybe you've got you know other people that have asked a similar question um is that it's it is harder for taller people to gain as much muscle or to look like they're gaining as much muscle because it looks different they're probably gaining muscle just at the same rate they're doing everything right it just it takes it longer for them to look like they've gained that muscle so don't be put off um yeah. and then yeah well we know endomorphs probably could raise their neat and then suddenly they're not endomorphs anymore yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then they've changed their somatotype. And then mesomorphs is where those kind of people, I guess, ideally are trying to get into. Um, yeah, and, and look, I've, and, and it's one of those where I've seen, I've seen mesomorphs start taking up cycling and, and then, all of a sudden just get skinny because their, yeah. their output just increases so much. So, you know, it happens all the time. And likewise, you get mesomorphs who just get lazy. And a lot of people, what they end up doing is they, I just wrote a post about this on Facebook for tomorrow, actually, or for today, and the podcast is out on the Team Box page, is that. Yeah, when I was a trainer, I would I could lose weight on three thousand calories, and now I lose weight on one thousand five hundred calories Ooh. because I'm not because I'm not doing the steps. Like, and I, but likewise, I'm not as hungry. But these people, what they do is that uh, how many times have we heard it? Oh yeah, when I was at university, I used to I was captain of the rowing team. I could eat what I wanted, um, you know, loads of muscle, and then they come to you as a PT in London when they're thirty five, forty, and they're just beer barely everything. Like, yeah, my metabolism slowed down. Like, no, it's not. You just don't move anymore, mate. <laughs> It's really simple, and, and it's that thing that people go from mesomorph to endomorph just because their activity level changes, and they don't change their what goes in their mouth. Simple. 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 Big spot, mate. Um, question three. The positives of CrossFit. Um, and as Daniel Meek is doing a program by me, would Tom be open to some CrossFit after his next powerlifting competition? Um, actually, seriously thought about this. Because I I can get my head around. I'm not like Dan, like a massive pussy when it comes to conditioning. Um, 
Wait for the bite. Mm. Wait for the bite. I might. No. Oh. No, it's not gonna come. All right. Um, and then <laughs> I wouldn't mind it actually. I I liked one of one of the CrossFit games was like swimming. There was some swimming involved. If that can mm. happen, then they're kind of playing uh, into basically my kind of zone of terror, which I'll smash a lot of people at. I'm good at swimming, by the way. If no I don't really think that, so. I I don't think you'd be able to hack the lack of of periodization and, and planning. Oh, I I think yeah. The cost... You you would go crazy with just turning up one Once. day and being like, oh, we're doing seventy kilo snatches today, and you'd be like, why? <laughs> you'd be like, why? I, I, I like I I did eighty kilos last week. Why would I do it now? Or what's the rationale behind it? And yeah. I think the one thing you would struggle with a lot would just be the not the lack of control. It's not, that's not what I mean, but like the lack of input you'd have on the the actual programming if you could say like i'll do these three exercises first and like work out my volume load and then i'll do crossfit stuff <laughs> like, okay, i can do that um, but if it was just pure crossfit as we know it i don't know if um, yeah, i think i think if, if i didn't know what the the wad was going to be on the day which i think a lot of people don't do they don't have a clue what turn they up and they're like this is what's happening i'll be like well, why didn't you tell me 10 weeks ago so I could prepare? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're like, yeah, I did stiff leg deadlifts yesterday, and today we're going to be doing squats and rap. I'm like, um, well, time. no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'd never do that, yeah. Dan, because I'd be peaking, so I'd be absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just think that's the, that's the only thing about it that I would... I think even I would find difficult if I was to ever do it, which I don't think I would, but... Also, I would have to learn how to fucking do a muscle-up, basically. Yeah, um, you would be in a beginner group. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, that's that's phenomenal. But, um, I think it's that, and the, but the great thing, like we've talked about before, and and again, we we've touched on it before, is the the community aspect of CrossFit is without a doubt. One Are we onto the positives of CrossFit now? Yeah. Well, he did ask about the positives. Yeah, he didn't did. He? Yeah, we just I'm talked just, about me doing it. So I'm just throwing it in there. <laughs> just, uh, I think that that is something that I think we can all agree on. Um, it. Obviously, any type of community thing like that can push the boundaries and make people become injured, which is the the negative to it. But you didn't ask about the negatives, Dan. No negatives. It's just the yeah. positives. Okay. From what I see of CrossFit <laughs> and from what I see of the people who do it and love it, it is the community aspect and it is the cheering on your team and your box and your whatever it is um, at events and things that makes them the the special thing. And I guess it it means that you stick to your diet better and stuff because you yeah. don't want to people down and things like that. So. I get that, and and, cool. but, and also in terms of, I mean, retracting back to like planning, etc. At least you can literally look up your whatever wad you're meant to be doing that day, and you've got it all written down. You've got a mm. plan. You've got a session plan. It doesn't matter. It's not periodized. You might have random shit that's like thrown in, um, but it's got silly names. Um, but yeah, it doesn't matter if you get shoulders, 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 shoulders five times all the way through. But it's still a plan, which is it's going to work mm. for some sort of reason. But yeah, that's a positive. Positive, Dan. We're always positive. All Good. About the positive um, <laughs> I would consider it, but I think there are things I would do before, before uh, after my next powerlifting competition. The the choice would be I would do another powerlifting competition before I did CrossFit, and possibly another one before that one as well. Basically, mm. I like powerlifting. It's quite fun. Um, Clearly. Yeah. So, or maybe I do a, a photo shoot. Oh. Um, Lol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, all right. Uh, should we answer that other question? Because I was, we basically was meant to. Um, yeah. So, um, he said he loved the podcast, which is fantastic. Why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, so how best, if ever, would you advise implementing evidence-based nutrition practices with groups? Um, so Tim trains groups of 12 to 16. I think 16 people, that's not age, um, at a time, want to keep as high standard as possible, as we all do, when it comes to training and nutrition. I currently challenge people to hit protein requirements and three servings a day of veg, well, three servings of veg per day. Um, Mm. Bear in mind, these guys are often fat, out-of-shape expats. I believe you're in, like, Dubai. I've got a, I I think. I could be pissing the wind there, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, I think he's in Dubai, expat. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Dan, nutrition groups. Um, yeah, so I think it's. I, I think it's. I think it's easily doable, um, and I think it's something that, when done properly, is probably the way that I think in the future a lot of it's going to go, and a lot of people are going to start getting interested in nutrition. Um, I think you you're like like we just talked about in CrossFit. I think people have, have taken it from the CrossFit side of things, and they realise that you can apply it to the group setting. Now, obviously, some of their recommendations aren't aren't amazing, but I think if you say to them, "Look, this is your protein goal, like you've done, which is great." Yeah. You can kind of work out a rough, you know, 2.2 grams per kilo. A body weight is a good starting point. Um, or even two grams, just to make it even easier for them. Two grams um, of protein per kilo of body weight. That's individualized to them then. You're not just given a blanket prescription. Um, I think then you can start saying, like you said, three servings of veg a day. I think you could even argue um, have a portion of veg with each meal, maybe except breakfast where you could potentially have fruit. Um and then you could start going into the realms of going, right, maybe you know, before you come to your class, depending on what time of day it is, I want you to have between, uh, you know, a, a serving of, of carbohydrate. And you could, you could throw a number on that and go, right, I want it to be your body weight divided by two in grams. So if they weigh 80 kilos, you could say, I want, 40, I want you to have 40 grams of carbs in an hour before you come to class. That's going to give them the energy they need to train well. And that is individualized to each person. Um, you're then going to give them their fat target to hit over the course of the day, which is going to be, uh, again, the same thing. Take their weight uh, anywhere between one gram to half a gram of fat per kilo of body weight. So, if, again, if they're 80 kilos, anywhere between 40 to 80 grams based on their preference is going to be about right. And then just say to them, look, fill the rest of your calories with carbohydrate. Now, the best way to work out their calorie maintenance is going to be saying to them, look, just track your food for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And over that time, you can then work, you can then sit down with them and work out their rough calorie balance. It could be that you come up with a spreadsheet for all this so that you can just send them a copy of this spreadsheet, get them to fill the data in. All of a sudden then, they start weighing themselves regularly. They can then see their calorie intake. Uh, and if they put that alongside their steps as well, um, you've got an individualized approach to nutrition in, in a group setting. You don't have to, to make it, you don't have to give them meal recommendations. It can literally just be those simple things and making sure they get protein in after they train and you know within two hours of, of training that's a that's a pretty good recommendation and again you can individualize it to them and say again i the the half a the half um half their body weight in kilos in grams so if they're 80 kilos 40 grams works quite well with protein as well so for example if you were 80 kilos and your protein target was 160 I would recommend you would have four meals of 40 grams, roughly. And I would make sure one of those was within an hour of the workout, roughly. 
that's a pretty much an evidence-based kind of approach. We know that you need to have protein every three to five hours, but those rough numbers would be about right. You can start recommending to them, these are the lists of foods that are high in leucine so that their protein is a good quality source um, to make sure they're getting in you know, the, the protein they need to, to resynthesize muscle tissue. And again, the carbohydrate, you can make a list of, of carbohydrate that you recommend that maybe has more fiber in, um, that is you know, good, good choices to have before you train as well a separate list maybe which is a little bit lower in fiber maybe more fruit based um the, you know the list's endless really it just takes a bit of imagination and sitting down and going right if this was me what would i want the information what information would i want and making sure that you individualize it to their body weight so then it is individualized to them rather than just saying to everyone hey everyone take 40 grams of carbs before you train because some people that's not enough some people that could be too many um you know, and then you could even go into supplementation and talk about, I mean, if you're in Dubai, vitamin D is not a problem, but omega-3 could be something you look at and go, right, maybe take some omega-3. Um, like beyond that, I mean, you know, you're really looking then at, at saying to them you need one-to-one kind of nutrition coaching, which way send them to me. Um, but, you know, at least then they'll have an idea and a grasp of what they're doing. Um and you'll be able to tell them where they're going wrong potentially then if they have all that information for you. But if, you know, you're just giving them generic advice um, it's very easy for them to not take that on board whereas if you actually give them the numbers and maybe some some targets to hit that are individualized to them they'll be a bit more like oh actually no, this is for me and, and they'll see that their mate who's a different body weight to them is on a different recommendation and they'll go actually this is individualized um i mean that's just off the top of my head <laughs> yeah drop mic dan's left the room mate um yeah i agree with uh what you just said it's i mean look it's, it's one of those <laughs> yeah, i get it like it's simple to say yeah. and it's harder to implement but it's harder the, to control the, the, 12 to 16 expat humans basically of course, of course it is and, and i think that the way you would say it to them is look if you do the spreadsheet and you come up with that spreadsheet it's going to take you a good couple of hours to do but once you've done it it should run itself and it should make your job a lot easier and you're then in the position to go to them if you're not losing weight and you're not happy with how you're performing it's your fault I've given you the tools you need. I've told you what to do. It's a simple process. It requires a bit of work from you. You can't sit down with them when they're eating and, f- and feed them their food or wait out for them. Like There is an element that they need to take um, a leading role in this and responsibility. Um, so don't beat yourself up too much. Remember that they're probably not paying a huge amount of money for your time. Um, so you don't have to give an extremely individualized um, service you can just give them a little bit of help if they don't take it that's their f- their problem and their fault um and maybe you can explain that to them in an hour's consultation um you know just say look you need to be doing this this and this track this this and this um and if they say oh that seems like a lot of hard work you go yeah it's gonna take a lot of hard work to undo the shit you shit state you got yourself in like what do you want me to do about it um i know that's not very hashtag positive but it, it's kind of true like and that might be my approach with it anyway, would be kind of like, well, look, I can't eat the food for you or do anything for you. You've got to kind of take a bit of control. So, and I, I would also say to them, look, you know, I'm not asking to be perfect. I'm just asking you to track what you're doing so that I know what you're doing so that I can help you. Um, and then you'll be able to figure out where, where they're going wrong. Perfect. Done. Yeah. See, so it was worth the wait, right? Answered, that, yeah. It's worth got the it. wait. Sit down, mm. take notes. Done. Implement. Mm get down on the phone wonderful 
Alright, um, I'll briefly talk about cluster sets just because I put a post out about it and I've just, just done uh, them. Um, just an FYI, 23% battery. We 20, 23% battery. Yeah, we got mm. one one more item of clusters and then we got some uh, <laughs> great nutrition guidance. Um, yeah, so cluster sets, if anybody doesn't know what they are, um, basically short rest periods are taken uh, kind of mid-set, like intra-set kind of rest periods or even they can be every rep every couple of reps every three reps kind of pick your poison really if you're doing like if you had uh singles singles would be quite easy a cluster set so i like them like bench pressing or it's generally done on deadlifting anyway that is a, a kind of natural cluster set because you have to put deadlift you put it down hate bouncing yep. i literally will never see any of my clients bounce their plates there's quite there's quite a few pro um bodybuilders and people that i follow who, who I respect, who I really respect actually. Who do the bouncing deadlift thing? They're like, yeah, I just hit. No, four, I just, just doesn't. They just work. like they're like I did four hundred fifty pounds for twelve reps. I'm like, no, you didn't. You did no. four hundred fifty pounds for one rep. <laughs> um, should we explain yeah. like the fucking stretch shortening cycle and how you came? Did I didn't come in and out of tension um, at all? And we've actually did a self like kind of. I know hashtag evidence space, but. Me and Dan have done an actual anecdotal um, experiment on this when when we were doing five three one when we were many hit our numbers on it, it, I don't know if it was the fives or the threes and for bouncing we must have hit nearly twenty reps and when yeah. we didn't bounce we hit about eight or nine yeah because yeah. we were like we realised we, 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 we were like we're smashing this like what yeah. was this weight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like maybe we're meant to put it down like yeah so I think that that was that was like three three and a half years ago basically when we were that doing that that was literally the first cycle of when it was yeah. 5 one we I think we must have actually then read the programme we were like oh no it says I think we're going to reset yeah <laughs> but anyway um, don't bounce the fucking bar it's annoying as hell as well um, and, and do you want to know even worse what happened my OCD went mental was he was using hexagonal plates as well oh I was like, I was like, mate, like skewing around. Oh, just that's no. I'm not a big fan of the hexagonal plate. I don't, I don't really get it. Like bench pressing and squatting is fine, but don't, don't deadlift them. Like, no, just weird. Right, um, yeah, cluster sets. Basically, um, there's been basically the the advantages of them. I did write this in the post. Go check it out on Instagram. Um, If you're not on Instagram, then you won't see it. I might write a post on Facebook. Fuck it. so heavier loads can be used for like the same total reps. So unbroken reps and kind of cluster reps are a bit of a bit of a bugbear with me um, because I do see a lot of people saying that, say if they're squatting, um, they go for like, oh, I hit twelve reps at this weight and whatever. But there is there is the argument of um, if you're hitting for 12 reps that should be unbroken if you're saying I did this for 12 reps that does not mean a cluster set could also be a kind of varied cluster set is you take four breaths or do you, you reset take a Valsalva breath like every five seconds and then squat five seconds then squat because you're allowing yourself a little bit of ATP recovery not a lot I realise that but there is enough time to reset to relax and basically lose tension and come back out again so you will shift that weight more just try it you will do it more basically instead of unbroken because you're losing tension but that, that's a little bugbear of mine um so basically cluster cuts and, and interrupt that so you can lift the heavier load for more reps essentially because you're just kind of reset and come out but the fun thing is when you're doing it for bench pressing and uh 
squatting, you rack it, unrack it, come out. It also can absolutely smash you. Um, so you get reduced cardiovascular stress, which uh, which is a positive, right, Dan? I hope. It's when you're doing, yeah, it's when you're doing a lot of reps. <laughs> when you're doing a load of reps, then it's fine, yeah, which is which is great. So, um, which, which also can help with like medical impl- like implications. Somebody's got some sort of heart thing that they're not many men are pushed cardiovascularly all the time, and they could that could be a benefit. So, which is great. Um, so RPE. So obviously with less cardiovascular stress and you're able to do total reps, so RPE is going to break perceived exertion, can come down. So therefore you might be able to push harder um, with a cluster set. Just but so you're basically going to have to watch your stimulus because you might actually have to push harder than you feel you do, or basically lift a heavier weight or do an extra rep, um, which you can grind out. Right. We've all seen it at the end of the reps. You kind of wait pause, cluster, bang, wait, mm. pause, breath, bang. That would be an interpretation of some sort of cluster set without re... You can do a re-racking cluster set. This is what I posted. Um, they're more effective in the stretch shortening cycle, basically, because... So exercises like deadlifts, like we just said, we completely reset. So, um, which is... Yeah, it's just good. It's just we know... I know... Uh, Mr. Lane Norton does complete resets, so he stands up, then goes reset all the way through, but deadlift, bang, stands up. Because there's some good science behind it, and actually enabling yourself to. I know you, I do the kind of hips up, hamstring tension in, bang, mm. hips up, hamstring tension in, bang, go uh, on my deadlift. So the stretch shortening cycle is, is more, more effective, basically. You're gathering tension. So. Also, you give yourself a break. You give yourself time to think, so it maintains a higher technique, um, basically degree. So you you enable yourself to not lose form, which is mm. positive. Bingo, bingo. Um, and then, so the post I wrote was about speed reps. So I was doing a speed set um, on my bench press. A mighty seventy kilos was flying up for six reps, cluster sets of two. I know rapid mate bar speed was phenomenal but that also lends me into bar speed over the set will be quicker because you reset and you've managed to blast it through so yeah. those are the positives go do some clusters see how they feel um, put them into your next workout put them into your next meso um, if you really want to if you haven't done them before then why the fuck not they might break a plateau um, yeah so with the squats basically rack re-rack or take about five seconds and basically chill so you can write in different rest periods. So it could be re-rack ones or just stand there for a like, little bit with it on your back. So I'd do the squat, bench, deadlift ones, really. I think the the squat and the bench would be my favorite because you kind of should naturally cluster in your deadlift. Wonderful. It's, it's also what I tell my clients to do if they fail on a lift. So if, they, if they've got 10 reps to do yeah. on a weight and they push the weight up and they're like, right, I'm going for it, and they only manage to do eight, I always say to them, right, maybe the weight's too heavy for you this time around, but do the other two reps, like take 20 seconds, yeah. take 10 seconds, do for whatever sure. you need to do. Do the other two, and you've done the volume load you needed to do, um, and then just maybe go next time, give it another go, and if you if you manage to do nine, and then do the extra one, you've progressed. So again, it can be a way of going, right, well, I'm still getting the volume load in, progressing the weights I'm lifting, um, and, and kind of making sure you get all the work done. You know? Yeah. So not quite as technical as what you were talking about, Tom. But you right. know, but yeah, um, more bit more real world maybe. For so if anyone wants to go read some of the research on that, um, 2017 theoretical and practical aspects of uh, different cluster set structures is the uh, 
the journal. Um, you can post it up. Journal of SNC would go go have a look at that. Um, a systematic review. Wonderful. Good. Lovely. All right. Stupid things in my gym. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Um, nothing to do with people at all. So it's just a uh, popular health or ladies' health magazine for women. Ladies. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So I, I kind of started reading it to Dan, and he was like, actually, let's just uh, read it through because <laughs> let's get a bloody live reaction, shall we? Um, mm. I did just, yeah, he. He also saw my Instagram story because I just was like, oh my, what What the fuck is this? Really? This is advice? Okay, amazing. Um, I do enjoy looking at the uh, the old women's health. Um, so they wrote a piece on, um, it was called Eat Smart, which is fine. Um, but it, it was basically on, it, they were sugar bashing. As we know, sugar is the devil right now, Dan, isn't it? Don't eat mm. sugar. Sugar will kill you. It won't, it won't. Um, hmm. um, so basically they listed um, 12 foods not foods really they were just like kind of all vegetables aren't they vegetables and fruit and vegetables and seeds alright no worries um, foods just go with foods um, that basically have sugar in them but they divided them into two categories um, so basically two categories of eat your heart out which you're allowed as much as you like basically they were, they were gauging the uh, reference of these of how many grams per 100 grams of this uh, particular type of food of sugar there was in there. Um, and then there was there was a group that says approach with caution. Because obviously, um, <laughs> they have a bit too much sugar. I think their parameters was... Um, so two grams of sugar per 100 grams of it was uh, too high. So over two grams. <laughs> and under two grams was okay. That's good. Eat your heart, which is absolutely fucking baffling. So some some of my favourites. Should we pick them out? So the one I picked out straight away in your heat, eat your heart out category. Bearing in mind, probably most of the the people are eat, reading this magazine are ladies. We know government daily guidelines: two thousand calories. Eat your heart out. Avocados. Hundred grams of avocados um, is point seven sugar. For compa- comparison, a banana has twelve point two grams. Um, it can safely retain its place as your go-to um, fat source. Thank God for that. I've literally got my head in my hands. Literally. <laughs> like, oh my God. This is rest easy. Your and, and this is the, th- the thing is, people wonder why I get females inquire with me and be like, I'm so confused. Like, oh my God. Don't eat a million avocados. Telling women they can eat unlimited amounts of avocados is one of the most <laughs> ridiculous things you can do because they love them so much. Yeah. Tell a guy that and he'll be like, oh, I don't really want to eat them anyway. <laughs> Females love them because they're green, so they must be good for you. Make their skin healthy and stuff. Oh, keep going. All right, uh, cucumber is eat your heart out, yeah. which is fine. All right, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um, um, don't peel it, though. But for the fibre, right? Um, apparently, that's uh, points one point seven grams of sugar per hundred. Um, asparagus is eat your heart out. Mm. It's fine. Yeah, <sighs> absolutely fine. Leaves I said leaves. Yeah. You can eat as much leaves as you like. Absolutely fine. Celery, yeah, that's good. It's fine. Boring as fuck though. Um, seeds. So this is the other one I had a little bit of a, a poo at. Um, do you know what would be a really good idea I'll tell you what the best thing to do is 
is to have some avocado with some eggs on toast and put sprinkle seeds on top as well. Just go for it. That's, Why not? That, I mean, that's a regular breakfast. Um, but yeah, scatter these with relative abandon. <laughs> what a great... What a, yeah. <laughs> I, I would. Where sugar's concerned, they contain a trace shock, but pretty much all fat, right? All right, cool. Um, so approach with caution... So those were the eat the heart out thing, like the avocado and the seeds were eat heart out. So approach with caution. Apples. Don't eat apples, guys. Um, Ten grams of sugar per hundred grams of apple. How much does an apple weigh? Just out of curiosity. About about uh, an average apple would be about hundred to hundred and forty grams. Okay, cool. So about fourteen. Call it about fourteen. Say twelve grams of sugar. About forty eight calories, or the equivalent of you know a quarter of an avocado. But yeah. So they, they 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 so they say first the bad news like ten grams of sugar apparently it's bad news again giving a label to it it's not bad news at all it's fine if you need sugar in your diet you probably need to eat it um, but they also have two point five like grams of fiber um, I just I just don't understand any anyone who recommends people don't eat apples stay away from fruit and vegetables I just like what so the what next one the next ones are great so beetroot what it's like isn't Brilliant. it crazy high in antioxidants it's crazy high in like vitamin C. Um, which is a, like immune system booster, if you want to call it that, some weird name. Um, yeah, really, quite, pretty much one of the tastiest veg as well that most people go. Oh, actually, yeah, I could eat that. That's but quite it's nice. six point eight grams of sugar, so the devil, hundred. So they, they've gone yeah, crazy. Plus, high. how much beetroot do you eat in a go? Hundred yeah, grams of beetroot is quite a lot. <laughs> like, you're not going to sit there and chow down on hundred grams of beetroot. You might have fifty grams. There's like a little oh, taste okay. of thing. Oh Jesus Christ! So onions. Onions are well known. Oh, shut up. Onions. Oh, my God. They've got, like, the lowest amount of calories of any vegetable. I know. And then you then eat 100 grams of them. Okay. Um, (laughs) Which, um, 4.2 grams of sugar. They're well known for being sweet. That's why you put them in, like, roasts and stuff. So it sweetens the meat. That's We know that. Um, But that's the good sugar content. So, uh, but but then they they, they further that. So every single one that they say, at least they give a good thing, even though they called it bad. They give it a warning sign next to it. Then they they give a good thing about it. So it actually helps lower blood sugar levels. So the Endocrine Society have found them eating them. So what? So why why what what oxymoron? And the fact to put it put it in the dangerous sugar content aisle. um, But therefore, the Endocrine Society, probably the guys who might know about shit. Mate, I can't. Um, I cannot believe I'm wasting my laptop battery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet potato. Um, clues in the name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll give him that one. I'll actually give him that one. You cannot eat endless amounts of sweet potato. I'll so, give him that. Uh, so I know that because I'm a I'm a big advocate of just the normal white potato. Um, Same. I much prefer it. Like, so much better. And uh, yeah. Doesn't give me gas as well, which is amazing. But the, but the sweet potato's got actually got five times more sugar than a mm. white potato, normal white potato. Bear in mind the five times I've I've really I've used that as uh, basically a marketing tool and saying ah oh, scary. It's actually only like three four grams difference. Um, yeah, but <laughs> per hundred grams. But still, you could say five times because it's like point eight per hundred grams mm. in like a white potato. Um, but yeah, but they got good fiber in them. Probably why I fart all the time. Um, cool, sweet corn. Stay away from sweet corn. Down seven point four. Treat seeds in the name again. Well. So. Again, it's one of. The, I'll let them off that one a little bit. Not. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to eat a lot of sweet corn to put on body fat. Yeah, I mean, and weight. Right. But <laughs> but I think that one fine. But the the next one is just baffling. I think um, tomatoes. Oh, just yeah. Just like so. Probably. So bear I mean, they are a nightshade, and some people do have problems with eating them. They do get a bit gassy potentially. Yeah, I think it's gassy to get 
from Nightshades, but um, oh, yeah, I mean, anyone but that recommends like, not eating twice. But, but like, what so the hell be- did they put on the pizza? Bear, like, bearing in mind that the cutoff point was two grams, they're two point six grams, basically. They so the point six out. Um, but they also they they're they're abundant in like collagens, which is which is fantastic for any kind of tendon as we discussed a, like a few episodes ago um, actually what they're made out of they got folic acid apparently that fights depression um, and then and then men will be like carrots and fucking eyesight stuff um, so yeah a bit crazy there's 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 a few we disagree with in that in this little table so Shock. shocking horror but it's, it's quite fun isn't it but bad because it's not right um, yeah Interesting, Daniel. Also, uh, at the top of the show, I said I on a lighter note, I had new shoes. Do you like my new shoes, Dan? I've seen them; they are quite nice, to be fair. Yeah, basically. I'll give you that. Thanks, man. So, hats off to Innovate, um, who obviously I paid for the shoes. Um, they're not sponsoring me, which is, which is very sad. So, Innovate, if you're out there, just That's not very fair, is it? I know. Just like if anybody's from SportsShoes.com or Wiggle or some sort of just Amazon Amazon we'll, we'll quite happily take Amazon on as a sponsor that's absolutely fine um, coincidentally where I ordered them from yeah they are they are good though like yeah I did enjoy, I enjoyed wearing them they got like the I don't know what the BOA stands for technology BOA is like constrictor is that what it stands for BOA constrictor or BOA it's the little like uh, you turn them it goes <laughs> to tighten your things up I think like climbing shoes have them um like on the back of like bike helmets, they tighten mate, it up. Mate, you do not need that for lifting shoes. <laughs> yeah, get, you do. Get, Bearing get in mind, like you're, uh, not, you're not a professional. When me and Dan uh, have always lifted together, we never did our laces up and just basically just flopped around. Mate, them. all I'm saying is lifting shoes, and they're from Innovate. Why don't you just become a crossfitter? Why do you think I bought them? Oh basically. my god! <laughs> no, they're good. I'm enjoying them. Enjoying them. Um, I will. I will post out how much I I enjoy them. So they're going to be featuring heavily only when I'm squatting. To be honest, Brilliant. I've worn them once Brilliant. this week, so <laughs> and I will won't wear them again until next week probably. So mm. wonderful guys, awesome, awesome, almost. Um, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Mate, Dan. we did it. We did it, mate. Sixteen percent battery life. Sixteen percent battery, it. absolutely fine. We're mm-hmm. under the hour, so you guys can uh, carry on with your wonderful lives, right? Um, anything more to say, Daniel? You're, you're all good. No, we're all good. This end. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next week. Catch you later.